Hello and welcome back to How We Roll Does Two-Headed Serpent. My name is Joe Trier and I'm your host tonight, although not your GM. And we are finally in Oklahoma and I am very, very excited to see exactly what's going to happen. I'll be playing Charles Blackstone, who's a... Uh, across the old Texan via Alaska, who is very, very much unhappy with the whole situation, is, is drowning his sorrows in drink. Dave, how are you and who are you playing tonight? <laughs> I'm okay. Fact, let's let's just mix it up a bit. So uh, how is Bart feeling as, as he leaves the group on a motorbike? Bart is feeling... I don't know that he's feeling very much. I don't think that he's consciously acting. He's just being compelled but it's not a conscious compulsion so is this like sort of daydreaming i think it's more like a a, a daze the, the the wind in the hair is felt the 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 thrum of the engine of the motorcycle is 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 felt but all of these all of these sensations come to him as if through a mist as he's carried forward by this need oh i love that fantastic and uh current welcome back to the show let's let's continue this so um we've never really explored in much detail how ethan feels like obviously that so much has happened over the last you know 50 odd episodes so how's he doing he is um a bit a bit torn i think i think ethan is a bit he, he both wants to be a snake but also realizes this is actually a bit crazy um he remembers a room that no one else remembers um <laughs> It disappeared from existence. Uh, a few things have taken place, and I think, I think maybe I'm losing it a little bit. Um, I thought, you know, it's okay. You can always recover. Um, apparently not. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more. Uh, I think Ethan is more looking to maybe get a better idea of what's actually happening from this uh, this uh, cult in uh, Oklahoma hoping that it'll maybe expand his understanding a bit better. Nice, as we head off together to hobo the train. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Aaron, welcome back to the show. Um, obviously, hey, uh, Spencer is a long-running character, but have we ever really delved too deeply into his psyche? How's how's he doing and what's he feeling as he heads off with Joe? Um So he's not overly pleased at uh, having to go out on another mission for... Evil Inc. Incorporated. <laughs> um, he is—he'd rather be at home working his own uh, his own business uh, contracts, but I mean the money's good, so uh, it's hard to turn that down at the end of the day. But um, he is out here on another adventure, still trying to weigh up the spunky little. Uh, uh, English lady who he's uh, been uh, thrown. Face there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're back. <laughs> She's got a lot of spunk. This is quite the opposite of what I like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I never fail to lower the tone. I think I'm used to it from Demipia because we're all absolutely filthy on that podcast. <laughs> so are so we usually. Welcome back to the show, Camille. <laughs> Dare I ask how how Jane's doing? Um, well, Camille's having a great time, but Jane is 
not having a great time really at the moment. Um, she's started feeling very strange compulsions uh, to get to the town of Bingham in Oklahoma, which is our destination. So um, maybe it's a, it's a good thing, but also feels uh, quite uh, quite scary. She's got this kind of low-level thrumming sense of dread that's kind of building up, um, and she feels quite almost a bit ill with it. So she's a bit ill at ease, basically. Uh, not not doing too great is our Jane. She still looks dapper as hell <laughs> and is, is rocking it, but she's inside. <laughs> she's not feeling too hot, but she's looking it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so, and she's kind of disappointed that her, sort of her, I guess, most well-known ally of the group, Bart, has just completely run off <laughs> with a motorbike and abandoned her, even though they had a plan. So she's like, wow, okay, everything's falling apart. Brilliant. Fairly standard. And, uh, and the uh, the thrumming sense of Illy's himself. Welcome back to the show, Scott Dillon. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I have been called worse. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. Feeling? I, I'm, I'm having Scott, a great Scott time. on the couch. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I had this illusory moment in the last episode where I thought, oh, everything's coming together, we're back on track now, and now you've all fucking split up again. So, yes, that that's my life. <laughs> hey, we're only in, I was about to say we're only in two groups, but we're not, are we? No, we're three. Yeah. <laughs> And me, and me and Ethan have had a bit of a spat and we're in different train cars. <laughs> yeah. That was my beer, Ethan. You shouldn't have touched it. <laughs> I need to cope as well. <laughs> I, unbeknownst to the two of you, you've actually gotten on two different trains. Yeah. One, one, one of you heading to California, one of you heading to Canada. <laughs> no. <laughs> if my American geography was better, I'd come up with something that sounds like Oklahoma. like uh, Montana, that's where we're heading. <laughs> I imagine um, Jane is awkwardly trying to make uh, small talk with Spencer. I, I don't know if it's really getting anywhere. Well, yes, actually, let's open up with that. But before we do that, let's have a quick recap. So last session, actually, not really that much happened. Uh, you did a little uh, last bit of housekeeping at the Caduceus offices at the Medium Building where Jane and Bart had one last attempt at listening to these recordings that the Reverend Cornfield had made. And you did not manage to transcribe the Nakao that was there, but you did... Well, you found something, and since then, that that strange little voice that seems to be recorded under the Reverend Cornfield's own voice has been playing pretty well non-stop in the back of your head. And, yes, you, you felt this compulsion to go to Bingham. Everyone else, well, was heading to Bingham anyway. You got on board an aeroplane that Caduceus had chartered for you, and Charles has uh, flown you more or less in the right direction, thanks to a bit of help from Ethan. And while en route, you had a chance to catch up a bit with your reading, read the uh, mission pack for this, uh, and have got some idea of what you're supposed to be doing, but not really that much. You arrived in Oklahoma City, and yes, almost immediately, Bart succumbed to this voice in his head, stole the motorbike that Ethan had brought along, and is now gunning it towards Bingham full pelt. We'll work out. Ethan, Charles brought along. <laughs> oh, See, I'm so going to go in a sidecar. <laughs> right, yes, of course, silly me. 
It's Ethan's <laughs> bike with Charles the sidecar. <laughs> we'll work out at some point whether Bart actually knows how to ride a motorbike, but that's a problem for another time. Uh, so you split up into a couple of different groups. Charles and Ethan are riding the rails as hobos, and uh, Jane and Spencer are taking the more genteel route of actually booking passage on this relatively short train journey to Bingham. It's going to be a couple of hours. So let's open up then with Spencer and Jane sitting there in uh, this carriage. The, uh, the countryside going past is uh, it's farmland, but it doesn't look like very healthy farmland. I mean, you can see that the wind blowing off the fields is dusty. There is red dirt, red dust coming up all over the place as the wind blows around. And a lot of the crops look dead or dying. A lot of the farmhouses you pass look quite derelict. Uh, this is not a healthy-looking country, or at least not a healthy-looking land. Okay, I think, um, given that she's feeling that low-level sense of dread, looking out on sort of the, the vast expanse of quite derelict land is making Jane feel very uncomfortable. So I'm imagining it's kind of like kind of like an old-style train with little curtains. So she kind of pulls it to a little bit and looks away. It's <laughs> not really wanting to engage with it. Um, she wants to kind of like focus in on the here and now. Um, so she's almost feeling a little bit agoraphobic, maybe, I don't know. Um, but um, see, so she sort of turns to Spencer and just says, uh, so w what brought you to Caduceus? I'm, <clears throat> Spencer is uh, just continuing to look out the window at the dusty fields and the, and the wind blowing off them. And, well, it's a strange set of circumstances that... Uh, Sometimes I think a bit that I regret taking, but then, eh, what are you going to do? The money's good, and that's what you got to do, isn't it? Go where the money is. Don't know why anyone would be out here. Doesn't seem to be much money in all this dirt and crops. No. Give me the lights and smoke of the city any day. I suppose for me, it's the information. That's where the money lies. Information is power, and I do a lot of my business through uh, through information. So, yeah, I can I can totally see where you're coming from with that. Hmm. There are a couple of people in the carriage with you. They're sitting on the other side of the aisle. It looks like a father and son. There, the father is probably in his mid to late thirties. He's wearing a fairly nice-looking suit, not an expensive one, but a fairly nice one. Obviously, his Sunday best, and his his sandy hair is neatly combed. And he's been sitting there, fairly quietly reading his Bible. And the the boy with him is dressed in a near identical suit, and he keeps sneaking glances over at you, uh, particularly at Jane. And uh, you know, a couple of times he sort of leans over and whispers something to his father, and his father, yeah, you know, eventually sort of sighs and closes his Bible and looks over, and he looks over at Jane with almost a sense of recognition. Oh. Um, I was wondering, uh, I mean, only if it's relevant, but could I mm. try to use my listening skills to hear what they've been saying? Uh, the whispers? Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, give give me a yeah. listen roll, yeah. Okay, 
we'll give it a go. Um, that's oh, yes. a 10 out of 80. So is that a, a hard success or an extreme yeah, success? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's an extreme success. <laughs> so yeah, the, the boy has been fairly excitedly trying to draw your fa- his father's attention to you, saying... I can see it in her eyes, Pop. I can see it in her eyes. She's heard the call. She's heard the call. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And when the man looks over, he says, I'm I'm so sorry to interrupt. He he looks like he's about to say madam and then stops himself as if he's not quite sure. I I can see that look and I step in vocally and I just go, "Uh, yes, yes. He looks at at you and says, "Um, I'm sorry if I'm intruding, but have you have you heard the word? Is you you are going to Bingham, aren't you?" Yes, I think I have heard the word of which you speak. Yes. the, The boy looks quite excited and smiles at this. I kind of glance to Spencer very quickly, as if a bit like. I kind of understand what's going on here. Um, and um, I kind of say, um, uh, where where did you hear it? Oh, uh, well, over the radio. Where did you hear it? Yes, also, also over the radio. Mm. It's quite, it was quite compelling. It was, it, it was, yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm being very rude. This is my son, Lloyd, and, and I'm Mortimer, Mortimer Allen. Ah, Jane, farewell. A pleasure to meet you, and I extend my hand to shake. He he takes your hand as if he's not quite sure what to do with it, and then he gives it a, a, a an uncertain shake. <laughs> uh, so, do you know how all this works? I mean, we know we know the Reverend Cornfield has his church there, and obviously we have felt the word of God calling us there. Uh, do you, do you know what what we're being called for? I'm afraid I'm in a similar boat to you, my dear. That's why we're on our way to find out. Ah, yes, yes. Well, I suppose God wouldn't make it easy on us, would he? Yeah, but this is uh, this is a trial of some kind, a test. His plans are ineffable. Yes, yes, he says, as if trying to work out what ineffable means. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, he casts a quick glance at Spencer as well, and says, and, and you, sir, have you heard the word as well? Well, it was my understanding that everyone had heard about the word. You think so? Uh, oh, I'm sure. A bird flies past the window. <laughs> and uh, he, he gives a he gives a little um, little grin as he as he sits there and then uh, looks to cast and uh, cast his eyes back out the window, although still listening into the conversation. Mm. And um, Jane kind of takes a, a moment to where well, there's a pause to kind of open the curtain to the window further again, and she's trying to look at her reflection and see if she sees anything in her eyes because that's kind of freaked her mm. out quite a bit. I don't know. What I'd be able to roll, maybe, to try and see yeah. what they see. 
I, I don't think there really is a role for that. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, that's possibly then the bulk of the rest of your journey out there to Bingham, just sort of every now and then looking at yourself nervously in the glass, just trying to, yes. Yeah, I'm sort of like trying to focus on the outside as if I'm not trying to look at myself, but then surreptitiously kind of focusing in on my own reflection, like, oh, what is it? Are there snakes in my eyes? What's going on? Yeah. But yes, by the time the train rolls into Bingham, you are none the wiser. Huh. I wonder, could I... I don't want to ask them what they see, though, because mm. I might give the game away a bit. <clears throat> do Do I see anything in their eyes? Give me a power roll. Okay. These have gone well for me so far, but saying that, I will now miserably <laughs> fail. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, my power's 55, and that is an 89. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mr. Allen, the father, like, every now and then he catches you making eye contact with him, and he's looking more and more uncomfortable about this. And so, you know, he, he's, he's slightly red under the collar, and he does his tie up a bit more, and you know, he gives you a half smile you know, the second time you do it, and the third time. And, and after that, he's just you know, looking out the other window. Quite red in the face. Jane's almost tempted to say after feeling awkward, like, "Oh, darling, it's it's not like that. I don't swing that way." But she keeps that to herself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, she just feels very awkward and confused. So it's not a very comfortable journey for her. No, no, no. I I imagine it isn't for any of them. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, meanwhile. Charles and Ethan are there in one of the uh, freight cars. Um, there, Greg. He's sleeping. He's not dead. Don't try and eat him. Stop. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Well, actually, that's a good point. I give me a luck roll. Whoever's got the lower luck out of the two of you to see whether you're alone in the freight car. I don't think my luck is saved. It's down at 37, but I'm sure it was way higher. Wasn't it 60 or something? Mine is 60, and I know yours is slightly higher. Well, I'm going to put 64 down. Yeah, yours did go up an awful lot after the last session, or the session before. Yes, so I'm going to roll my... I'm going to roll my luck. I got 8. I've rolled 8 against 60. Hmm. I think I should be given extra guns for that. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so mercifully, perhaps, there aren't any other hobos in the car there with you. So you don't have to worry about Greg eating anyone. Uh, so you're there with, you know, it's, it's loaded up with a, you know, a number of boxes that are strapped in place and a few sacks of grain and stuff. Um... Yeah, at some point you do hear Greg crunching away on something and just see the tail of a rat disappearing down his throat. Charles, like, reaches into his little knapsack and he pulls out a bottle which has, like, the logo of the High Five on it. <laughs> and he's like, this is Murph's finest. Do you want a sip? Did you steal it? Steal it? No, I didn't steal it. Because if you had, I'd say I'm really proud of you. It's been a while since you've ste- you've just you know bent the rules maybe a little bit. Uh, anyway, give me that. <laughs> and it's 
it, it is absolutely terrible whiskey. The label's really cool, <laughs> but it's absolutely terrible, terrible, like, uh, bourbon. Well, a lot of bootleg whiskey at that time was basically grain spirit that people added stuff to to make it taste a bit more like whiskey. And this could be stuff like dead rats or uh, creosote and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't want more puts in it, but it's, this is... it's got this kind of, like... <laughs> meaty aftertaste that's just <laughs> just puts hairs on your chest and really fills you up like you don't want to eat after you've had it for like, like hours like you know a couple of days after sometimes but yeah this is actually disgusting and I can't believe you've given me this <laughs> I'll give it back if you don't want to drink it that's good stuff you try and get whiskey as good as this well, maybe we'll, we'll try to find someone when, when we're in this town how much longer left Ethan yeah, ends up pulling something out from between his teeth that looks suspiciously like a whisker. <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say is when we arrive, like, we need to we need to act all, like, messed up and coy. And to be honest, Ethan, you've been worrying me for, I mean, the last, you know, like, 50 episodes and stuff. <laughs> like, you, you're going really weird. And, but what I'm going to say is, like, play that shit up. Like, we need to convince them we're... You know, we've heard the call. Or there isn't really any convincing required. I'll show them the scales. It's like a badge. Like, like yeah, maybe yeah. save that for later. <laughs> I think probably weaving the, that weird stuff around. Yeah. I mean, no, I think um, I think when we go to the church, just play it cool and uh, act like we've heard the call um, uh, on the radio, and we were very interested to know more. So um, we, we just but maybe not so. Uh, what's that? word the bard says like elocusive or, or something like maybe tone down the big words and just say you know uh, my my head sensed the, the numbers in the radio or, you know I heard the hissing the hissing in the radio like the, you know, yeah, the snakes yeah. I think that, that, that excellent yeah we'll play it off like that we'll pretend like we don't understand any Nicole and then just go with it yeah exactly yeah, yeah but, but, but really we know that it's from China um, yeah. yeah exactly from that country of Mu. <laughs> yeah, the dynasty of Mu, I think it is. <laughs> That's good thinking there, Ethan. That's why I brought you along with the team. We're Cheetah. <laughs> Cheetah, we got this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, do you want some more of this drink? <sighs> why not? <laughs> I mean, while you're, you're, you're sharing this drink, I mean, Charles has noticed, I mean, certainly, you know, since he got up this morning, that that wound on your palm is itching now, you know, so it's obviously healing, or at least healing up uh, a bit more. It, it, yeah, it doesn't feel as painful as it did. You're still having to be a bit careful with it, but yeah, underneath the the bandages, it is itching madly. What about the gash that was on my head that revealed like a ton of scales? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still there. I, I'm assuming you're either letting your freak flag fly or you're covering it up somehow. Um, I thought it was healing, so I, 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 I don't have a mirror. I'm just assuming. It's, uh, like, leprosy was a thing in the 1930s, yeah. right? Like, that's just what everyone's assuming. <laughs> exactly. Well, I assume it would be covered up by a big hat, right? That is true. 
Yeah. That is excellent, excellent thinking from the other, other carriage. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, the voice echoes in your ear. It, it is a very, thin, very, it's a very quiet train and these are very thin walls. This is a... <laughs> it's a hive mind. <laughs> it's a hive <laughs> That's a throwback. <laughs> Charles goes, he sort of looks and goes, I, I'm sorry about this, Ethan. I, I just find the whole snake lizard initiation thing a bit hard to deal with. I'm sure I'll get it, over it now. No, 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 it's not just you. So in, in all honesty, as much as I was... It's, the, it's everything I wanted. It was consuming me. But I think I'm starting to feel a bit iffy about all of this. I think maybe I'm in way over my head. You don't say. Yeah. Give me that drink. Okay. Then, yes, the train arrives in Bingham. But... Before we worry about that, let's cut over to Bart, because Bart is going to get to Bingham first. So, yeah, as you described, it is maybe not quite a fugue state, but you know that feeling where you've been driving on the motorway for a while and you you realise that you've just passed something like two or three exits and you've got no memory of going past them. It's, It's been like that all the way. And so you you find the the motorbike pulling up on the outskirts of this you know, sort of small town, yeah, moderate-sized town, uh, next to a railway line, surrounded by all this desolate um, farmland, which you know is all uh, is all going to dust at the moment. But yeah, this this you know small town. And, yeah, you pull up just on the outskirts of it, and at that point just sort of come out of this state that you're in, and you you just realise instinctively that this is Bingham. How far out am I? Did I, like, pull up in the centre of town, or...? No, you've just pulled up just outside the town. So you've passed by a couple of small farmsteads, but, you know, Mm. you're, you're there at the town itself now. Uh, is there any scrub nearby or, or trees where I could hide the motorbike? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely scrub. I've, a lot of the plant life around here doesn't look too healthy. Um, I mean, it's not quite summer yet. I mean, it's late spring. It's getting fairly warm. It's quite arid. And, yeah, but, yeah, the plant life is suffering quite badly from this depletion of topsoil. But, but okay. yeah, there, there's some scrub. It's just not very healthy scrub. So I'll uh, I'll uh, take the motorbike and hide it. And then looking at the town, about how, how large is it? Um, It's, a, I guess, about half a mile by half a mile, roughly. So several hundred homes then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I see a church spire or anything there is, out? There is definitely a church spire in the centre of town, yes. How compelled am I feeling to make a beeline to that? You can feel the draw, but yeah, uh, you do seem to have gained some degree of control over your faculty having arrived in Bingham itself. Okay. Um... Sort of shaking myself and slicking back my hair again, uh, <laughs> looking down <laughs> at the state of my clothes, which are, I'm sure, very uh, 
completely well well dusted in in reddish dirt and dust basically yeah i mean you look like uh, a clay statue pretty much at this stage <laughs> yeah because i mean you got on this without even you know wearing goggles i assume they're probably goggles with the bike so yeah you may have had the wherewithal to put those on at some stage but apart from that that area around your eyes yeah you are just absolutely coated in red dust and dead insects Thanks for that image. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's 1930. Oh, motorbikes move that quickly. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess I'll further dishevel, dishevel myself at that point. So I'll take, take my, um, my cravat off, stick it in the pocket, open up my shirt. Um, just sort of generally <laughs> muss my clothing a bit further so it looks <laughs> older and more worn. And then I'll start heading into town. Okay. Yeah, as you start heading up the road towards where you see the church spire, you're passing by residential houses at this stage, and you can see most of them actually look like they're empty. Um, you know, it's, it's not like all the windows are busted or, you know, they're derelict shells, but you can see that some definitely look less cared for. But as as you're heading down, you can see you know, one of the larger houses set back a bit from the road. There is someone up on the roof of it, and yeah, you 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 see what looks like you know someone just lying there out on the slope of the roof, as if sunbathing. Okay. And yeah, I mean, as as you walk past, you you hear a. A woman's voice say, Hello, from up atop the roof. Yes? Uh, are you speaking to me? W- was that your motorcycle earlier, I heard? I, I heard an engine just just down the road. Um, uh, shit. I guess it was. Oh, well, that's, that's exciting. I, 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 I've seen motorcycles before, but I, I haven't seen any around here. Right? Are, are, are you new in town? Uh, just just visiting. I I seem to have run out of petrol. Um, gasoline. I, I as I mean, I as you're giving her more attention, you can see that you know it's a woman who. I mean, when you saw her at first, I mean, she seemed to be wearing some odd kind of garment. Um, you, you couldn't, you know, perhaps some kind of diaphanous nightdress. But now you're not so sure. Give me a spot hidden roll. Against 65, I roll. Ah, oh, 68. Um, is, is this worth three points of luck to you? Why not? The woman in a diaphanous road? Of course it's worth three points of luck. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking at her, I mean, yeah, I mean she's yeah, a middle-aged woman, not not unattractive, but there, there's something slightly off-putting about her when you know, when you see her, and it takes a moment to put your finger on what it is, and yeah, you realise that this diaphanous costume or dress she was wearing isn't that, that it appears as she's moving around that the skin on her body and she appears to be quite naked is kind of loose and shifting 
Yum. What the fuck? Why can't we meet normal people? Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. like reminds me of the first time we went to Innsmouth. It was like people with weird eyes that are slightly further apart and then <laughs> yeah. I believe actually uh, that Bart Bart's reaction is to murder everyone. <laughs> that was you, Mr. Punch him in the throat. No no no, no that was accident. That was <laughs> well, it was That was him uh, trying to save someone. Yeah yeah I was trying to save somebody. <laughs> uh, would you like to see my motorcycle if you've never seen one before? I I would. Um can you go around the back of the house? Away? There should be a, a workshed out the back, and I think you can find a ladder there. If if you can find the ladder, then I, I can get down from here. Um, if, if, if the ladder's in the shed, how, how did you get up there in the first place? Well, I came out of the bedroom window. <laughs> well, of course. Right, I'll go get the ladder then. <laughs> oh, th- thank you, thank you, dearie. <laughs> as soon as she's out of sight, I'm sort of loosening my my, my pistol in the holster. <laughs> it's just something about this. You said pistol and not belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on a quick release. <laughs> uh, ready to hey there, lady. Want to see my motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> Wanna go for a ride? Yeah. <laughs> I've almost run out of gas, but you can help for, fill me yeah, up. The one oh time God. I have completely innocent <laughs> motives of <laughs> just wanting to get one person to a side to talk to them before I just dive headlong into this town. <laughs> and you all, for some strange reason, ascribe all sorts of ulterior motivations. <laughs> what in my past behavior could possibly have led to that assumption? No. It would be quite out of character for you to not make an advance. <laughs> you would think of the uh, loose skin as a feature rather than something to be disgusted about. <laughs> I'll have you know, Bart, Bart has high standards. He's omnivorous. Omnivorous, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so I head back. I head back to the shed uh, behind the house and head to the shed. Yeah, and sure enough, looking there is for a the shed ladder. Back. Yeah, there, there is a shed back there with all sorts of tools. There's a ladder there, and yeah, you get around, bring it back, and yeah, you can see the woman beaming. I mean, she's look, she, she's there just looking over the edge of the uh, the roof now, down at you. Mm. And it says, "Oh, thank you. I thought I was going to be stuck up here all day." <sighs> so, did, did the window? Slam shut or something? Caught in the wind? Oh no 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 no! My my husband locks me into the, in the bedroom, so um oh. and 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 with that, I mean, she starts. You know, she gets uh, to the edge of the roof and starts clambering down. And yeah, I mean, you can see. Yeah, I mean, she is definitely completely naked, apart from the um yeah the skin, which is, there are strips of it sort of peeling off, hanging off. Uh, you can see, you know, shiny new skin underneath. It looks like... No, it's, it's not just like the worst case of sunburn you've ever seen. I mean, it looks like you know, all the skin on her body is just in the process of coming off and is just hanging around, some of it in strips and some of it just kind of loosely in folds. And, and the skin underneath is also sort of like the new skin? Yeah, well, you like, catch sight of it. Just... it. 
It, it looks absolutely unblemished and, you know, pink and clean and, uh, you know, just... Uh, in fact, oh yeah, I mean, her, from her face and her features, I mean, you'd guess that she's probably in her 50s, but the skin you can see underneath looks much, much younger. Uh... She seems entirely unfazed by being naked as she sort of gets down on the ground in front of you and says, well, oh, thank you for that. I, sorry, I, I, I'm being rude. My, my name's uh, Mrs. Schoenbaum, but you can call me Pearl. Uh, okay, uh, my name's Edward. Uh, Edward, Edward Blanche. Oh, well, good to meet you, Edward. And th- oh, thank you so much for getting me down from there. I, mean, I uh, Yeah, I, I don't know if he's... If he's locked the front door, if he hasn't, I, I can possibly make you some some iced tea. Would you like some iced tea? Uh, yes, that 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 would be lovely. Thank you. Oh, come on inside, and and she walks over towards the door, trailing bits of dead skin behind her. Bits of it are just sort of coming off and drifting off like uh, uh, like dandelion seeds. <laughs> Uh, I, I yeah. wish the, I wish the podcast could see my face right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> just, I, I okay. Um, <laughs> uh, did, did you get a bit of sunburner or something sitting on the roof naked? Oh no, no. It, well, it's the sun always helps when my skin gets like this. And and she sort of grins almost mischievously at you, and and yeah, it, it, in a vaguely seductive manner, just peels the skin off one of her arms. Vaguely seductive <laughs> manner. I'm I'm sed- I'm in my head. I'm imagining I'm like you know how how you would peel like a bra strap off to yes. reveal like the skin underneath. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. But actual it's skin. It's just also it's it's skin. Think of think of the dance of the seven veils, but the skin. Okay. <laughs> Not heard of anything sexier in my life. <laughs> right, you know that thing we were talking about with RPG consent. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> I need to fill something in. Really skin Striptease cannot blank. involve removing skin. <laughs> Well, I okay. mean, it's, is there skin underneath the skin, right? There's, there is, yes. yeah. I, and the skin—the skin that's underneath looks like, yeah, you know, the skin of a twenty-year-old. Um, it's. Hang on. Let me just tweet Paul Fricking and complain about the contents of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually um, I suppose I should fess up and say that I think I wrote this bit, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. I do love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it it always. Oh, Nice when something makes me feel deeply uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, yes, uh, is is nudity common here? No, no, not really. But uh, unfortunately, I can't get my clothes at the moment. My husband has those locked up as well, and he, he seems to think that by by keeping me here, that he's going to be able to stop me from going out into the the town and talking to other people. He, oh, he he is such an old meanie sometimes. Sounds like it. Yes. Um... I believe you said something about iced tea. Oh yes, yes. How, how rude of me, she says. 
Yeah, it goes over to the icebox and uh, starts, you know, it starts putting together a, a pitcher of iced tea for you. I want iced tea now. There's a very large wooden kitchen table, she she gestures for you to sit down there. Uh, And says, yeah, so uh, you're you're new to town. Oh, uh, are you one of these people who's who's come along because they've heard the Reverend Cornfield's broadcasts? Um, Yes, uh, in a roundabout sort of way. Oh, uh, that's that's wonderful. We we we've seen a few pilgrims come to Bingham like that, but uh, oh yes, I I don't think any of them have come on motorcycles. And she she <laughs> ah. she claps her hands together excitedly in this little puff of dead skin. <laughs> yeah, some some of which lands in the iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> some of which you breathe as she pours you a glass. <laughs> Drink up, pet. <laughs> um, I, I take it then you're a communicant of uh, Reverend Cornfield's. Oh yes, yes. I, I, oh, I attend the church when I can. But oh, my, as I said, my husband. Uh, oh, he means well, uh, but I, I, Bill, Bill doesn't like what the Reverend Cornfield has been teaching people recently. I, I, it's. It's so unfair. I the Reverend Cornfield is he's a I I I don't know what the word would be a saint uh, a miracle worker. I until until recently I was afflicted with the most terrible skin diseases and the Reverend Cornfield he he blessed me. He laid hands on me and since then whenever my skin becomes bad it, it just renews itself like this, and she she reaches up and peels her shoulder off on the other side. Uh, oh, I, I, I see. Uh, so it's a sort of shedding cycle. Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, your husband then is is not 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 a member uh, of the church. Well, he always was a member of the first church, but well, now, now he's oh, he's turned his back on the church. I, I, I worry for his soul. Oh. Well, uh, when when matters of religion are, uh, it is always difficult when 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 a house is divided by its religious beliefs. Just give it time. I'm sure. You two will work things out. I, I hope so. And and yeah, I mean, we, she she sits down opposite you. There's a sort of horrible rustling sound as she does so, and you know she pours herself some of the iced tea. You can see that you know under the the skin that's half hanging off her cheek that there is actually a little tear trickling down from one of her eyes. Um, perhaps you could uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, Mister Cornfield's teachings. Uh, I'm actually here as a part of my uh, archaeological and anthropological uh, studies. Some of his, some of the things we've had coming out reference to perhaps uh, much older teachings uh, found on some tablets in South America. 
Oh, I wouldn't know about anything like that. I, the Reverend Cornfield, he... I mean, he's just a, a simple man of God. I, but recently God has seemed to bless him in new and wondrous ways. The He, he can now heal with his hands. He can... He can bless his congregation in in ways that we never expected, in new and glorious ways. No new teachings with this uh, recent revelation? <sighs> well, I suppose so. He has... Oh, well... I, I've known other churches do this sometimes, but I, I Reverend Cornfield until recently he he didn't he didn't have us snake handling, but now now yes, he, it is an act of devotion to he 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 has rattlesnakes that he brings out of the services, and you know for those of us who feel moved by the spirit, then yes, he does. Ask us to handle them as a, a demonstration of our faith. I see. Um. Well, um, thank you very much for the tea. Uh, no, but, but, oh, they, yeah, you've hardly drunk any. Let, let me let me let me give you a bit more. <laughs> Bartzer clicks his neck and, and just goes to take. <laughs> The tiniest little sip he can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you, you know that feeling when you're drinking milk and it's got a skin on it? <laughs> no, because when milk's like that, I put it in the down the drain. Well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Delicious. <clears throat> it's character building stuff right there. It's <laughs> mm. good protein. Extra protein. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, "Will I see you at the service?" I, I'm. I, I don't care what Bill says. I'm going to the next service. There, there should be one tonight. Will you be joining us there? Um, perhaps. Yes. Good. I, I was hoping to actually see if I could meet uh, Reverend Cornfield in a more intimate setting. Um, yes. Is he available, do you know? Well, he, he lives on in a small house on, you know, beside the church. I, I'm sure you could go there and just visit him. He's oh, a very friendly man. He's a very warm man, a wonderful man. I, I'm sure you, 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 and, you and he will be the greatest of friends. Um, well, one can hope. Uh, I, I believe I'll be heading there now. Uh, thank you. And Bart l then sort of leaves the room faster than he's ever left the room with a <laughs> naked person in it before in his life. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go back to the train pulling in at the station in Bingham. So it's now, yeah, about lunchtime, early afternoon. And, yeah, the... The town is, as I've already described it, I mean, it's not huge. You know, perhaps a few hundred people live there. It's, uh, again, you know, not completely deserted, but 
is the impression you get from the number of people you do or don't see uh, on your way in indicates that perhaps you know there aren't as many people living there as there once were. Um, you can see the church spire very obviously in the centre of town. Uh, you can see um, at some point you pass by what is very obviously a lumber mill. Apart from that, there's not really a whole hell of a lot of interest. You know, there's just that and all the red dust. Hey, uh, Ethan, let's not go to the church straight away. Let's, uh, let's try and, like, find out a bit of what's going on. Let's go see if there's any work going, you know, like manual labour stuff going on with that mill thing there. Yeah, that's, uh, it's an excellent idea. Come on, let's hop off here. Hey, hang on. Just maybe don't bring Greg to the mill. Just... Um... I can always tell him just to hang back, I think, uh, and then he's just within whistling distance. We've been doing that basically the whole time, where he can show up only when it's fun. <laughs> right, let's do that then. <laughs> right, Greg, stay. Stay. All right, let's go. So I, uh, I tie, my, tie my bag onto a stick and put it over my shoulder. <laughs> I'm also taking my, my giant gun and I'm strapping it with a belt around Greg's belly. So when I whistle, here comes the gun and the Greg. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, let's not, let's not walk in like armed as it Ex- were. Exactly, yeah. I don't think it's intelligent for us to um, show up and uh, be like armed to the teeth. <laughs> We're here to join let's your go. cult. Let's go. Let's go see if we can stash this shit anyway. Let's go try and look for a hiding place. All right. Because yeah. obviously you've got your elephant gun, and I've got my case with my machine gun. In yeah. It. <laughs> so where are you stowing oh, these all things? that dynamite? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're looking around, yeah. What are you trying to find? A deserted house or something? Or are you trying to find, um, you know, an old shed or? Uh, what you, what, you, you tell me, what are you looking for? I think an old shed would be good. I'd, I'm going to bury my case like a squirrel. It's going to be difficult doing that with Greg. I'm not going to bury Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got a case with a machine gun and I'm going to like maybe find a fence post or something like that. You know, like the 12th fence post along or something like that and bury my the case under that okay sure but i probably shouldn't bury like an elephant gun you know you'll get dirt in the end i I know that you're basically like i know it's not what you mean but when you said you've got a a, a gun in a case and you're burying it i'm just thinking of like desperados and like once upon a time in mexico (laughs) 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 like it's just it's an actual case that is a gun gun (laughs) i was quite enjoying that film until that ridiculousness yeah i know it's like what happened what um yeah, so um, we're looking for a place to hide the guns. Like I said, I'm go- I'm happy to have uh, wherever we bury it. We can keep Greg around nearby and keep him in the shed. You can bury it outside the shed. I'll put my gun in the shed because I can't bury it, like you said. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, we've we've done all that. Shall we? Uh, and then head over to this lumber mill and see what's what. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what, before you do that, I mean, the shed you've gone for, uh, again, I think you've got the lower luck, haven't you, Ethan? So give me a luck roll. That is correct. I have the, and I've got 31 against 60, so um, I'm quite That's lucky. That's fine. 
Okay, no, no, that's fine. So, yes, the shed that you've you've picked is actually on a disused property. So, yes, no right. one, yeah. no one comes out and investigates while you're breaking into that shed. Okay, and and with that, you, yeah, you walk through the town uh, looking for the lumber mill. The lumber mill actually isn't very far from the train station. Uh, it's pretty much next door to it. As you go through the town, yeah, there really aren't as many people as you'd expect in a town of this size. Uh, in a lot of cases, it, it's possibly easier to tell which buildings are being disused because there are drifts. On, yeah, it's almost like snow drifts, except with this red topsoil that are you know, gathered up against buildings and built up in mounds here and there. And, you know, it's easy to spot some of the disused buildings because they're the ones where the front doors are partially blocked by by red soil and mm. no one has cleared it away. Charles, where is everybody? Doesn't it feel... I was just wondering that myself, but then hasn't everyone, like, gone off to, like, Hoovervilles and California to pick peaches or something? Mm. Like, maybe they just left. I guess it's possible. It's very, very quiet, though. I think a little bit too quiet, even. Hmm. Yeah, well, maybe we could find out what's what over here. Maybe there's a, like a foreman, or maybe they I don't know. Let's let's go find it. Most of these houses okay. look like there's nobody living in them. Yeah, well, maybe good for us. I don't want to sleep on the road. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe not most of the houses, but it's probably you know something like half. So. Yeah, you make your way down to the lumberyard, and yeah, there is the sound of some industry there. There's, you know, a, a hand truck that someone is using to move piles of cut lumber uh, into uh, a nice, neat stack. There's definitely the sound of saws going inside. Uh, you can see that, you know, as well as the mill, there's an office, or at least a, you know, a, a structure outside that looks like a foreman's office. All right, let's, let's head over this way. Yeah, let's go. Uh, just knock so on the door. Can I, can I, can I, just going to knock on the door. Okay, yeah, you hear a man's voice from within just going, yeah. Hey, uh, hey there. Uh, we're uh, seeing if you need a pair of, well, a couple of pairs of strong hands to do some work. Like, I know my way around the machines, and my pal here, he's a, uh, he's he's a handy guy, and he's he's strong as well. We're uh, we're just looking for uh, a few, you know, bit of pay. Yeah, we're just we're a bit down on our luck. We just would 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 really appreciate it if you've got a bit of work for us to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you're, I see me up here shouting all this through the door. I mean, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, the door is ajar, and this man's voice from in, inside just said, "If you're going to talk to me, come in. All right." Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, sir. And uh, I, I take my hat off, and then like glare at Ethan mm-hmm. when he starts taking his off, yeah. and go, you know, shake my head. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> all right, no, keep, keep on, keep it on. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go inside. So. Hey there, okay. so, yeah, I'm Charles and this is Ethan and we're we're a bit down in our luck and passing through. Uh, Pleasure to meet you, sir. Yeah, the, the, the man there, you know, sitting at his desk, uh, he's very hurriedly shutting a desk drawer. He's probably in his 60s, he's got white hair, quite thinning, uh, a, a fairly jowly red face, a bit unshaven. Uh, he's wearing a, a check shirt and denims. Uh, you can smell that yeah, he's badly unwashed. Drinking. 
and yeah, he there definitely is. Well, certainly, I guess Ethan stands a better chance of spending it. He smells almost as much of booze as Charles does. <laughs> no, well, I was thinking the quick drawer closing, the <laughs> yeah. red face. I'm like, yeah, he's certainly very red-eyed as well. So, so what kind of hooch have you got? Don't worry, we're cool. We're down. Look, and I showed I showed the bottle of the the, the high five whiskey. Hey, uh, hey, I'm um, no Ethan. Shut up. No. <laughs> He, he, he gives you a very dirty look as you say that. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Hey, he does. He doesn't mean nothing. No, no, we no. He's he's, we... he's got something to say. He can say it to me. What are you saying? I'm saying he, he, I drink. This man here drinks, and you, you drink. You drink. Well, you so drink. What you well, you're coming here. You're asking for work in a dangerous lumber mill, and the first thing you're telling me is you drink. Well, clearly you drink as well, and you work in a dangerous mill. Uh, he just shouts at you, get out! Get the hell out! Why don't you make me? You coming here, what, you're threatening me now? I'm not threatening you, I'm telling you I was simply stating effect, alright? Right, the sheriff's going to hear about this. Where is the sheriff, actually? Right, Ethan, let's go. And it go out. What the hell are you doing? Are you fucking crazy? Well, clearly he was Did, drinking. Have you, clearly. You, you have talked to people before, though. Like, this isn't your first time. <laughs> <laughs> of course I have. Jesus Christ. Right, go stand over there. All right. Just go. All right. Just by the fence. <laughs> go and stay there. And I'm going to knock on the door go and say, hey, hey uh, excuse me, sir. I, I do apologize. I told hey, you to go. I, he said. I'm not with that guy. I just met. I just met him on the train, and we're just looking for work. I, he's he's obviously a complete idiot, and I say call the sheriff on him. But whatever. But as I said, like I, I've I know my way around machines and stuff, and I'm just looking for some work. And if you if you could see you see your way to helping an old fella who's down in his luck, I'd I'd appreciate it. That guy's gone. He's just ran off. As soon as you met the sheriff, he just ran. This sounds like a job for a fast talk roll. Do I have fast talk? I do have fast talk. I made a normal character for you. <laughs> 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 and I pass with a 28 versus 50. Yeah, well, as you say that, I mean, you can see some of the anger go out of his eyes and he leans back in his chair and gives you a thoughtful look through heavy lidded eyes. He says, okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've I've been there too. I've been down on my luck. I know what it's like. What, you, you want work? Yeah. I can give you, I can give you a trial. I mean, the pay's not going to be good here, but, you know, we, we always need strong men to shift lumber around. Uh, hey, uh... I, I'm good with machines too. Like if you need stuff fixing or minded and that, I, I I know my way around all that kind of electrical stuff and you know uh, whatever you need. He nods thoughtfully and says, "Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean we don't have a mechanic on staff at the moment. Yeah, I guess some of the machinery." Yeah, it does need an overhaul, particularly with all the dust around. You, you want to see whether you can clean some of it up, make sure, you know, keep it in good working order. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You go around, you look at the machinery today. You tell me what you think needs fixing, what needs maintenance, 
and you come back to me and tell me what needs doing. Yeah, whatever you say, sir. What was your name again, sir? He's, yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Fowler, he says. All right, Mr. Fowler. Looks like you got yourself a deal. What? What? I mean, sorry if I overstepped myself, but you, you said what, what might be the going rate for a, a mechanic? He, he says I can give you a nickel a day at the moment. Nickel a day. That's a start. Thanks. All right, I'll go check out and see what's what, and I'll come back and chat to you. And uh, off Charles goes. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, let's cut back to Spencer and Jane, who have obviously been on the train as well, that's arrived now at Bingham Station. You know, the father and son gather up their bags as it gets in. The father, Mortimer, looks over at you and says, Sir, have you found somewhere to stay in Bingham? Ah, my dear Mortimer, I was just about to ask you if there was an inn available or, or anywhere else to stay. We figured we'd might hit up the uh, local saloon and see if we can rent a room or something. There is a hotel. I did call ahead. It's it's called the Bingham Hotel. It's near the railway station. We were going to go there now. Uh, I don't know if they have rooms available. It, I, I suppose it depends how many others have heard the calling. Of course. Well, we'll follow you and uh, we'll inquire when we get there. Right. Uh, well, they you know, they get out at the railway station. It's a fairly small railway station. And look around and Mortimer asks the station master or whoever it is who's working on the station that day about the hotel. And he points just pretty much across the road. And, yeah, there is a, you know, a three-story wood, wooden building on the corner over there. Sounds good. Should we make our way? Let's. Right. So, yes, uh, the Allens, you know, wander over there with their bags. And, yeah, inside it's a fairly simple-looking establishment. The only sort of striking thing is that someone there seems to collect all sorts of strange curios. Well, not strange. There's all sorts of porcelain figurines that seem to be from all over the place. You know, some of them from all around the world. A variety that look... Um, in some cases quite attractive, in some cases quite weird and ugly. There seem to be you know, lots of particularly you know, um, sort of uh, children, uh, you know, um, you know, porcelain statuettes of children. Creepy. <laughs> and th- th- <laughs> yeah. th- there's, there's a very maternal-looking woman behind the counter, or behind the desk as you come in. She's you know, sitting there basically, you know, just watching the world go by at the window and looks almost quite surprised when you come in. Uh, she looks like, you know, she, she's fairly large. She's probably in her mid-40s, hair tied back in a bun. And she gives you a big grin as you come in. I take off my hat and give her the and give her my most uh, charming smile. Oh, uh, hello. Yes, uh, sorry. I, uh, um... I've forgotten her name. Give me a sec, sorry. Uh, that's the problem with this scenario. There are too many fucking NPCs in it. <laughs> Jane's just staring at the porcelain figurines. 
Yeah, she she said, "Oh yes, I'm I'm, I'm Mrs. Adams. Uh, welcome to the Bingham Hotel." Ah, oh, good evening. Oh, well, good day to you, Mrs. Adams. What a what a lovely hotel you run here. And I look around and then smile um, at the, the decor and the creepy porcelain <laughs> children. And uh, oh, you like all my little cherubs, do you? God, oh, yes. God, God, never, They're, uh, God never saw fit to bless Delbert and me with our own children, but yeah, I, I, I like to think I like to think of each and every one of these as our own. Hearing the hearing the conversation, and Jane kind of snaps out of it a little bit at the word cherubs, and is like, "Huh, um, yes, uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, uh, Jane, Jane, farewell. Pleasure to meet you." I oh, kind of extends a hand. Uh, you, you two, you, oh, you have such funny accents. Are you, you're not from round here, are you? No, we uh, hail from further afield. Oh, uh, she, she <laughs> you know, waits expectantly. <laughs> I just is is um, Spencer also from the UK? No, no, I'm from New York. Okay, and um, I'm from London. And uh, I I hail um, from the east coast actually, uh, yeah. We we uh, we're just two uh, work colleagues in town looking uh, looking for uh, a wonderful place to stay. And well, I said uh, uh, I said Jane, that there looks like a fine hotel. Why don't we Why don't we go over there and uh, have a look? And 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 so this is why we're here. We are. Very pleased to, to be inquiring about uh, a, a price in one of your lovely, lovely rooms. Jane, Jane is a little bit flab- flabbergasted about how charming Spencer suddenly is. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the hell is happening right I, now? But it's just kind of going with it. I, at that point, yeah, Mortimer from behind you, you know, pipes up and and smiles over at, at uh, Mrs. Adams, uh, yeah, indicating you as well, and says, "We've heard the calling." Oh, you have also heard. Uh, and yeah, with that, I mean, you know, Mrs. Adams brightens up even more. Oh, what you, you've you've heard the radio broadcast? You've come to to the, join the congregation at the First Church. Oh, that's wonderful! That's wonderful, Delbert. We we have new people for the church. And you hear this man's grunt from a room next door. <laughs> I turn to Jane and and I say, Jane, they have heard. Do you yes. know how wonderful this is? Yes, we've all heard. What? She I turn glances, back to her. And I... <laughs> she glances back at the cherubs like, <laughs> yeah, have they you, heard? You, you, you swear that some of them have turned round and looked at you as you're in the time being. <laughs> some of them are cupping their ears. <laughs> They've heard. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, Mrs. Adams says, well, the, the Reverend is holding a service this evening at the First Church. We'll obviously be there, won't we? Won't we, Delbert? <laughs> from the back room and uh, uh, you will come and join us uh, yes if you're still in your rooms I can come and 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 give you a knock before the service starts it'd be wonderful to see you there wonderful oh of, of course that would be fantastic uh, the more the merrier <laughs> right well yes let's get you settled in then but but yes I just 
turn back around to uh, the lady behind the counter and I'm almost giving her that um, that sort of smile like uh, uh, that Nicolas Cage smile from that internet meme I don't know if <laughs> yes. you've uh, ever seen the one <laughs> and I'm I'm overly enthusiastic about uh, how how lovely her hotel is and um oh and um of course all being you know brothers and sisters of the same cause i'm sure we could get good rates here <laughs> oh yes for members of the congregation yes you you will get the special rates and yes as she leads you up to the room she says uh Oh yes, I, I can't. I can't wait for you to meet the Reverend Cornfield. Uh, you know, she she turns around, you know, just as you're outside your door, and places her hands on the back of each of your hands and says, "He's going to change your life." And shall we leave it there for this uh, episode? That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, so aside from the gross skin thing, thank you everyone <laughs> for, for listening and. Um, who knows that you could uh, get a brand new fetish in just one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you all for listening and thank you everyone for playing and thank you, Scott, for those wonderful images. I'll be taking them to bed with me tonight. Um, <laughs> Will you now? <laughs> uh, my, my name is Joe Trier. You can contact me and the podcast uh, at HWR Podcast on Twitter, um, on the Discord, which uh, links to on the show notes, uh, at our Facebook page, Reddit page, and of course, um, howiewellpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Curran, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Is there anything you'd like to share or talk yeah, about? If anyone wants to get in contact with me, they can uh, find me at the handle at Curran's underscore lines. Um, oh, that's on Twitter and Instagram uh, or on the How We Roll Discord. And in terms of things to share, uh, my short films, social media will be uh, up shortly, probably when this is out, um, which would be at uh, Unstuffed uh, Film for uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram and on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's everything. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Aaron, how can people get in contact with you and what do you like to share? Yes. Uh, well, as normal, you can go ahead and follow me and HWR Aaron. Um, if you uh, follow me on there on the Twitters, um, you can see what I do and what I get up to. Um, in all honesty, it's rather barren on there these days, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I still, uh, I'm still on from time to time. And uh, you can also go ahead and find me on the Discord. If you go ahead and at Aaron, I will surely see that. Amazing, thank you. And uh, Dave, uh, anything you've been up to recently? Anything you want to share? How can people get in contact with you? Uh, nothing in particular. You could find me, though, on our Discord, where I regularly stop into most of the chats, and you can always ask me questions on rolling with fan questions. Fantastic. And uh, Camille, thank you again for joining us. It's uh, great to have you aboard. Uh, how can people get in contact with you? Anything you want to share? Anything you've been up to recently you want to talk about? It's great to be on board. Thank you. Um, If anyone would like to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is similarly quite barren, to be (laughs) honest. But hey, if you want to tweet me, um, it's at Camille Bruard. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-E-B-R-O-U-A-R-D. And I need to get a better Twitter handle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And... You can also uh, listen to more of me on the horror podcast, Demipia the Third Age. Um, We also have a Twitter account at Demipia T3A. 
Amazing. And uh, thank you again, Scott, for filling my head with disturbing images. And <laughs> <laughs> Talking about disturbing images, I've just seen your Twitter, uh, po- your latest Twitter post. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, the one I aimed at Paul Fricker for <laughs> writing this horrible scenario. <laughs> oh, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yes. yes, I did. <laughs> so thank you again, Scott, for joining us. Uh, anything you'd like to share? How people can people get in touch? Well, with yes, you? thank you, Joe. Um, yes, once again, I am on Twitter and I have a similarly awkward Twitter handle, which is S Dorward. Uh, so that's uh, S-D-O-R-W-A-R-D. Uh, alternatively, you can find me every now and then on the How We Roll Discord, or you can look for me at blasphemoustomes.com, which is the home of the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast, which is the podcast I do with my good friends Paul Fricker and Matt Sanderson, in which we talk about Call of Cthulhu, horror films, weird fiction, and other stuff. So thank you so much for listening. We do hope you've enjoyed our show. If you'd like to hear more of what we do, you can find more Call of Cthulhu, our D&D Curse of Strahd campaign, and much, much more on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you can find podcasts. Next week, we return to Curse of Strahd, and we'll return in two weeks to Two-Headed Serpent. If you can't wait that long, you can find the next episodes and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash howwerollpodcast. For $5, for $5 a month, you get early access to all our episodes and also some access to secret Patreon-only content, including a Call of Cthulhu scenario, The Space Between, Amid the Ancient Trees, and our Cult Divinity Lost playthrough. Before we go, I want to say a huge thank you to all our Patreons for helping us keep in going, and our newest Patrons, Chris Burdick, Levi, Peter Forms, and AEP3. Thank you so much. We also want to say a big thank you to BattleBards.com who provided many of the sound effects and music you've heard in the episode, so please do check them out at BattleBards.com. And lastly, our partners at Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms have a gold chess code just for how we roll listeners. All you need to do is log into the game and enter this code. B-E-E-N-K-U-T-U-O-D-A-S. That is all from us. We'll be back next week.